Welcome to A Better Way Financial Radio with Frank and Nick Guida. I don't know, Nick, uh, if you have Netflix, but do you know this, this little sound effect? It sounds familiar. That is, uh, as soon as you log on to Netflix, that is what you hear. Mm, gotcha. And uh, I have Netflix. I absolutely love Netflix, but uh, this is something that a lot of people like me have the same issue with Netflix. Nothing wrong with it, but we spend a lot of time, in fact, 18 minutes deciding what to watch on Netflix. I do that. I'm guilty as well. Exactly. There's so many things. It's so wonderful, all the the entertainment and shows and movies they have on it, but it takes a good long time. So the average person sends about 18 minutes deciding what to watch on Netflix. (laughs) But get this, only 17 minutes people have reviewing their employee benefits at work. Now, I realize the primary purpose of an open enrollment is to review insurance decisions, but... It also good time to review your retirement planning options as well. So we care more about what we're going to see on Netflix than we do with our retirement planning. That's not right. You, you know, I'm really not surprised to hear that because I think a lot of people just don't know what they're reading. And, you know, really the people that are putting together those readings are essentially write it in what seems like a different language. It seems like it's written in Greek to a lot of people. And then the way that they skew those average historical return numbers is not right because they, they use average numbers instead of actual returns. And there's a a pretty big delta between those two. And, you know, I don't have time to get into all the differences right there, but it's a lot of written in jargon and legal speak and insurance companies and broker houses, you know, have attorneys that write this information that nobody really understands the jargon. So it makes it really difficult for your average mom and pa to take a look at, you know, those employee benefits packages and, and know what they're looking at. So usually one of the things that I'll, I'll recommend people do is call the plan administrator. Usually it's, you know, your 401k is through a Fidelity or one of these, uh, you know, bigger firms like a T. Rowe Price or whatever, whoever it's with. Call the phone number on there and ask all of the questions that you have about that plan to the plan administrator and they are required to answer them. And a lot of times it's easier to deal with a person rather than it is trying to figure it all out on your own, reading a bunch of jargon. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so, uh, so if you have questions about that 401k plan, just call the plan administrator. They should be pretty helpful in helping you answer those questions. Some of the questions that you're going to want to ask are, is there a Roth 401k component available within the plan that I can contribute to? Because that's usually better to do. Is there a matching provision. Sometimes your employer is willing to match up to 3%, 5%. I've seen even up to 7% sometimes on what you contribute. So if there is a matching provision, you certainly want to take full advantage at the very least of what they're giving you on the match because you're never going to get a 100% rate of return guaranteed anywhere else besides an employer matching provision. So you certainly want to be able to do that. Now, if they do offer that Roth 401k, and let's say the match is 5%, you Usually what would happen is you can, let's say you contribute the the 5% to the Roth 401k, they would match you 5% in the pre-tax bucket within that 401k as well. Now, if you can afford to save more, you know, which I encourage always people to save at least, you know, try to save 10% of their income throughout their lifetimes of their working careers, you know, you could save the 10% into the Roth 401k, get the match on 5% in a pre-tax bucket done by the employer. And all of a sudden, you know, you've saved 15%, you know, 10% on your doing, 5% on your employer, and it's 
really smart way to be able to accrue some assets. Now, when you leave that workplace, whether it's retirement or just changing companies, you would be able to roll over those assets into either a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA. And it may be a good time to do that when you when you leave employment. So, but utilizing those uh, those programs in the most tax effective ways for yourself is uh, is usually a really good idea. There should be like a, a Netflix type of thing to figure all of this this out when you're doing open enrollment. Make it the same thing like the sound effects and the movies and TV shows of real quick videos of explaining this is what you do, that's what you do, and simple as that. So if the problem gonna- is it's too boring, right? <laughs> a lot of people when it comes to finance and investments and this type of stuff, that's why I think so many people don't take the time to spend it on it. But here at A Better Way Financial, how we make it fun is we don't spend too much time on going over the nitty gritty of all the jargon and all of those things. We spend time talking about your lifestyle, about the goals that you want to accomplish. And then the finances are just a means to an end to be able to help you get to where you want to be. But the focus really should be on what are the things that are important to you? What are your concerns? What's not going right? What is going right in your life? What types of things do you want to accomplish? Do you want a new car? Do you want to do a lot of travel? Do you want to help the grandkids with their student loans? You know, what is the things that are really, really important to you that you want to focus on? Then we'll just make sure that we're doing things most efficiently on the financial perspective and getting those things done. But really, most of the conversation should revolve around what that client's needs, goals, wants, desires are. And then, you know, it's just creating the plan to be able to get there, which is all the boring stuff that, you know, you, you should leave to us, you know? So, uh, so we, we really want to be having those fun conversations about, about the, you know, places you want to go and lining them up and, you know, every so often knocking those bucket list, uh, destinations off the list and, and those different types of, um, goals that people have. Nick Forbes magazine says a lot of small business owners assume they'll be able to fund retirement just by selling their company. I know you've worked with a lot of small business owners over the years, and it's uh, is, is it really that simple? I know there's a lot of problems with small business right now with everything that's going on in this country right now, or is it yeah. just more yeah, it's complicated? Real than it's a real shame today, you know, because a lot of people who had that mindset didn't save into investment accounts because they said, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to work on getting my you know, business as profitable as possible. And I want to sink my money back into my business and help grow it and things like this. And then you have a pandemic happen. Mm. And a lot of these values of these businesses are shrinking really fast. And it's a real shame for those people because I, I always encourage people that whether you're a business owner or an employee, throughout your lifetime, you want to be saving about 10% of your income in, you know, just for your future, for your retirement. And if you do end up being fortunate enough to be able to making a nice profit and a sale on your business later, that's great, but that's gravy. You know, you want to be able to get into that culture, get into that habit of saving 10% of your income throughout your working years. And at A Better Way Financial, we show people where they can put that 10% to be able to grow it in a, a nice tax-preferred manner. But um, but there's a lot of people out there that are hurting that thought that they were going to have you know these great valuations on their business and sell it and you know go into the sunset in their retirement. You know, but some people are finding out that maybe their businesses are not worth you know what they thought they were. And even for the businesses that do have a very solid profitability mark and and they're going to make a nice a nice bang for their buck on the on the sale of their businesses you know it's a good idea to be able to have 
people within the business to be able to structure a deal with. You know, it's a little bit easier to do that, you know, on key man employees, being able to sell it to them, you know, rather than somebody outside of the business. Sometimes that's preferential. It depends on the nature of the business, of course. But even, you know, it reminds me of a, a case that we worked on recently where I was sitting down with a doctor and he had, you know, had a very successful private practice and he sold his practice. He was about 65, 70 years old, something like that. He sold this practice for about three and a half million dollars, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. But his CPA told him that the tax bill on that will be about almost one million dollars. And so he didn't, he was like, wait a minute, the government didn't, I was paying taxes this whole time. Why should they take a huge bite out of you know, the sale of my business that I worked so hard for. So he came to us and he said, hey, you know, is there any way around having to pay all of this money in taxes? So we we said, why don't you come on in, sit down, let's let's have a talk about your situation. And what we had learned is, you know, he has a he has a wife and a, and a family and, and things like this, and he wants to leave some money to his family, but he also is very generous in, in helping donate to charities on an ongoing basis that he cares about and, and, uh, and different universities that are practicing good medicine and, and things like that. So what we did was we created a a charitable trust for him to be able to put that million dollars into and he would be able to pay out to charities about $166,000 a year to be able to go to charities on a tax preferred basis instead of coughing up the million dollars to the government he got away with only paying about twenty to thirty thousand dollars in actual taxes on the sale of his business and you know being able to keep you know the million dollars to be able to appropriate where he wanted to amongst those different universities and those non nonprofit organizations that of charities that he wanted to but he had to set up that trust and he had to put it into an escrow account to be able to do that so he needed someone to hold his hand throughout the process of that sale to be able to make that happen for him and so he felt so good that he did not have to pay that million dollars to the government who felt you know that he felt that you know the government was basically squandering you know his money not sure. doing not doing as well as he could by that money as and those nonprofit organizations so so it was really nice for him to uh, to be able to do something that he was doing anyway he was given to charities and things like that and he was a very generous man but he wanted to be able to allocate those monies not you know the government and sometimes when you take a look at the government and the way that they spend money a lot of people don't feel like they're good stewards of their money I mean personally I don't agree with 50% or so of the of the federal budget being going to the military and making bombs, right? So, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of other people that feel that way too. That maybe we should the the budget should change a little. So, if you don't, if you're not 100% on board with the government allocating your funds for you, you know, there are some other ways to be able to do that, and that's something we take a lot of pride in helping people do at a better way financial. Find out more at a better way Investment advisory services offered through A Better Way Financial, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. A Better Way Financial is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Frank and Nick Guida. NPN Insurance License Number 1978362 and Number 163-64478.